thank you that there's no other name. There's no other name like Jesus. There's no other name higher than Jesus. There's no other name that has power like Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you for the power of Jesus. The life that we found in Jesus. The friend that we found in Jesus. The friend that sticks closer than a brother. The friend that's more intimate than lovers. Some of us have been searching for that intimacy for a long time. But we, we found nothing compared to the intimacy of Jesus. Someone who knows us so deeply, so truly, so purely for who we are, but in all of our wrong and all of our, our grossness and all of our sin and all of our, our despicable ways, yet you love us. Yet you love us. So where would we be if it weren't for Jesus? John's going to keep playing. And um, if you want to, I'm not going to tell you what to do. If you want to sit and stand or whatever you want to do, do what your heart tells you right now. But um, I'm just going to share something that the Lord, I felt like, uh, put on my heart this week. And it's, uh, obviously, it's about worship. Shocker. I'm going to read from John chapter 12. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, the one Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha was serving him, and Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of perfume, pure and expensive nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped his feet with her hair, so that the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Then one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was about to betray him, said, Why wasn't that perfume sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and he was in charge of the money bag and would steal parts of, of uh, what was put in it. And Jesus answered and said, leave her alone. She has kept it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you don't always have me. I, uh, I actually wasn't reading this portion of scripture when, um, when I... It's kind of thinking of what I wanted to share. I really, um, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to kind of share on this evening because worship such a broad range of discussion that um, there's so many different ways we can kind of talk about worship and and what worship looks like. And um, worship is is a beautiful thing. And, and worship um, worship has very little to do with what we do here as far as music. Worship's not music, right? That's probably a more modern day thing that's, that's come about. But worship, we've, we've given it this title where it's this time, the beginning of every service, we spend our first, you know, 30, 40 minutes and we sing some songs and we've called it worship. But worship actually has very little to do with that. Worship has to do with the worth of God. And so I'm reading this passage and, um, we see this woman pour out this thing that had such a high value, such an incredible value to her, to anybody, really. Even the disciples are like, what's wrong with this lady? She's, she's throwing away something that could be hundreds of dollars, and we could, you know, sell it, give it to the poor, or, or I could take some for myself if I was Judas. 
But Jesus wasn't worried about, you'll always have the poor. But there was something special about the value of that, of that thing, of that perfume that she, that she broke. And she, she poured it out over Jesus' feet and then is wiping up with her hair. And I, uh, I kind of didn't realize the order. I, I mean, I did, but I don't know that I ever um, connected it before. But in the exact chapter before, it's the burial of Lazarus. Just one chapter prior, it says, Now a man was sick, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. And Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped her feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. And it kind of clicked to me that this woman was willing to give up something so expensive because she realized that something that meant the, the world to her, Jesus intervened. He rose up something dead and gave it life. So there was nothing that she wouldn't spend on Jesus anymore. There was nothing that she could count more beautiful, more costly than the most expensive thing that she probably had as her own possession. Because she had this encounter with the living God who raised something dead and made it live again. And if any of us have any testimony in this room, it's that we were once dead and are now alive. It's when we understand that I was once a dead man and now I live. So now it doesn't matter what it costs me. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I'll look like a fool. She looked like a fool. And the, and the disciples this lady looks like an idiot. She's pouring out expensive perfume that's going to just dry up and go nowhere. And she's wiping her, your feet with her hair. She looked like a fool to us, right? But it didn't matter. She said, I'll look like a fool for Jesus. I'll look like a fool. Is anybody here willing to look like a fool? I don't have a very long message. Um, I wanted to keep the worship night a worship night. Isn't John doing a good job? Yeah. You know, I, um, I'm very thankful for this team. I'm just going to brag for a minute. I, uh, I, I am thankful for the team that I have, um, you know, being willing to jump up. I haven't been, I wasn't feeling good last week and, both Margie and, and John filled in for me rather last minute. And um, I'm thankful for a, a team of people that are willing to say yes when there's a need. You know, and, um, and I'm going to brag on our Wednesday night practices because the Lord just um, has been moving in, the, in our worship team. And uh, last night we had a really powerful moment. And uh, my desire... Is to, uh, is to see a culture of worship in this house. Is to see a, a culture of a people that, are, that want to worship. You know what's hard is when there's no words. You know, that's when you can see true worship. It's when someone just plays the piano and you have to find a way to put your own ability and in, in in your ways to, uh, to worship without words. That's hard. 
because we want to be led, right? We want to tell me what to sing, and I'll sing it, and I'll clap, and I'll dance, and I'll, I'll do my thing. But what do I do when no, someone's not telling me what words to sing next? That's when it kind of starts to become a little bit more real. I want to encourage you to worship despite the words that are on the screen. Worship despite whether somebody's singing or not. Press into a holy God who's worth something. He's worth something. If he raised you from the dead, he's worth looking like a fool. If he raised you from, a, from whatever, your, whatever your testimony is, maybe you weren't a drug addict, maybe you weren't an alcoholic, maybe you were just a little preacher boy, girl, and you had it all together, and the Lord intervened and just got you that much closer by the blood of Jesus. Listen, it doesn't matter if you were a good girl or a good boy or you were the worst of the worst. No, no, you had a one-way ticket to hell unless it was for Jesus. It wasn't our goodness that saved us. It was his grace. And he's worth something. He's worth, he's worth what you have. Every part. That's right. Everything you have. He's worth it. He's worthy not because I feel like it. Worship has nothing to do with whether I feel like it or not. I can guarantee you that most of this worship team that comes up here week after week doesn't always feel like it. But it, you do it because he's worthy. You, he's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our affection. He's worthy of the expensive perfume that you can pour out at his feet. He's worthy because he has raised up some dead things inside you. And he's still raising up the dead. He still raises the dead. He's not done working. We sing that song, Waymaker. He's not done working. There might be dead things in you tonight. There might be dead things that you just don't know what to do with. So press into a, a resurrecting God. I encourage you, if you feel, if you come in here and you feel like you're just dead inside, Take that, mo that move. Get up here. There's something that happens up here. There's something that happens when you press through and you stop being comfortable and hide in, hide in your seat. There's something that happens in those moments. It's okay to look like a fool. Can we look like a fool? So I'm going to encourage you. Let's stand. John's going to lead us in more worship. And um, look like a fool if you got to. Come a little closer, get a, draw a little closer, get on your knees, get on your face, like Pastor West mentioned, and um, be willing to, to just pour out your heart and your affection and your, it, that, that thing inside you that you feel like you hold and you reserve and you preserve, that thing that you feel like, oh, I can't, I can't let that out. I can't, I can't show that. Maybe that's the exact thing that you need to pour out. So, Father, I pray for every man and woman that's in this room right now, young and old. God, I pray that you would just, in, just bring us to a place that we can pour out our love and our affection and our adoration on you, even if it means we look a little like a fool. God, we thank you. We thank you that you are a resurrecting Father and that you are still resurrecting dead things in us. And you're still resurrecting dead men and dead women. So, Father, we, uh, we just love you.
We thank you that you are going to birth in us all the more a heart of worship, a heart to love you, a heart to know you, a desire, a greater, a greater desire to, to truly know a living God. So, Father, we ask for your blessing over this night. We ask for you to move in a powerful way. We ask that you would come with your grace, with your mercy. Just pour out your spirit in Jesus' name.